Welcome to the College Investor Audio Show, where we talk about the biggest issues impacting millennial money, from student loan debt to side hustles to building wealth. We will show you how to get out of debt so that you can build real wealth for the future. Mountains upon mountains of student loans. That's what most people think of when it comes to paying for college. But not today. We're going to talk about some different stuff. In fact, the best order of operations for paying for college. That is today on the College Investor Audio Show. All right, so student loans, a source of funding for most students, but they should actually be your last option. Last. I mean it. Student loans accrue a lot of interest and take years to pay off. In fact, a study from the One Wisconsin Institute finds that it takes graduates of Wisconsin universities 19.7 years <laughs> to pay off a bachelor's degree and 23 years to pay off a graduate degree. What? Knowing that student loans will likely be a source of funding, there is still an order of operations to follow when seeking out funding sources for college. After reviewing your financial aid award notification, you'll have to think about how you're going to pay for school. So we have gone ahead and provided the main groups of funding sources. Start with the top group and work your way down to the last, which would be the worst option, which is student loans. So by following the guide I'm going to give you today, there's a chance you can reduce the amount of student loans needed to finance college. And for a lucky few, I don't believe in luck, but anyway, they may find student loans are not even necessary. Here's our take on the best order of operations to pay for college. It's important to note that this is more like a pie than a strict order. The more you can contribute from the earlier slices, the less you'll have to borrow and the less weight you'll gain. And there are no strict rules here either, but you should definitely use free money before other funds. That should be a strict rule. Free money is better anyway. Number one, let's take a look at scholarships and grants. Gift aid is part of your financial aid award. This is money that does not have to be paid back. That's a good thing. It includes grants, scholarships, and any source of private funding that doesn't require you to pay it back. I love it. Of course, it depends on getting your FAFSA submitted on time. Some students might realize a large amount of scholarships and grants. Others might not be able to get as much. Don't forget, though, to apply for private scholarships and grants as well. Don't just depend on your school. This is going to sound crazy, but I do recommend high schoolers apply to at least 50 scholarships five zero and i did say at least not at most you can never apply for enough we have some amazing links to plenty of scholarship and grant opportunities at thecollegeinvestor.com number two your own savings as a student saving for college requires some planning if you're one of a small group who has accumulated money for college it's time to put it to work, my friend. Maybe you've been saving your graduation money or you've received some birthday funds over the years. Grandma might have even left you some money to pay for college when you were younger. She's awesome. We love grandmas. If you have your own student savings, using it to pay for college is a fantastic first step. Here's number three, your earnings as a student. Additionally, using your current income will also help to cut down on any loans you might need. If you don't have any savings, use what you can from current income to help fund, for, fund college. You know, a lot of people forget about this, but you can earn money before going to school. 
And there are some amazing summer jobs for college students, too. You can even work full-time during school. I personally worked full-time while going to school. I worked five days a week, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and then during the day on Saturdays and Sundays. I tried to schedule my classes for Tuesday and Thursday, if necessary, before work on the other days. We have, by the way, a <laughs> hundred plus ways to make money in college. You can find that link at thecollegeinvestor.com. And I'll tell you more about that later too. Number four, parents' savings for college. Here's the next one on the list. Any money that your parents may have put aside for school for you. This could be in a 529 college savings account or other savings vehicle. Many parents have started saving for their students at a young age, so leveraging money in a tax-deferred plan like a 529 can be a great way to pay for the majority of school, if money is in there. Parents might also have other savings set aside for you. It's important to have conversations about parental contributions early so that everyone involved in the paying-for-college debate knows exactly what to expect. A little less stressful on relationships, too. Have the talk. It's important. Number five, parents' current income. So along with a student's income, a parent's income is also a primary source of paying for college. Even if parents haven't been able to save very much, they might be able to contribute a little bit towards the cost of college every year simply through their current salary. Some parents may be able to contribute much more than others, but, I'm, man, I'm telling you, every little bit that can be sent in to avoid borrowing for school is a huge win. Number six, fellowships and assistantships. If you're attending a grad school, a fellowship is a great source of funding. It is awarded to graduate students based on merit. It allows the graduate student to focus on their studies rather than having to work or teach. Fellowships do not need to be paid back, and they look fantastic on your resume or CV and carry a certain cachet. It's basically the Harry Potter scar on your forehead indicating you're an amazing scholar. That's what Meredith Drake Reeton said. She's the Associate Dean for Graduate Fellowships at the USC Graduate School. The fellowship program is about research potential, she said. Faculty members might say they're not ready to apply for the NSF's fellowship because their research hasn't quite gelled. But that's actually right where the NSF wants them. It's designed to be an early career accelerator. The takeaway? Don't think you aren't qualified for a fellowship. They are certainly worth applying to. Speak with your educational counselor or advisor about how and which ones may have the highest potential for successful acceptance. Number seven, and we have two more after this, aid through school work-related programs. So we continue down the list come to work-related programs that are meant to provide a flexible schedule around your classes. So cool. At this point, you've exhausted all forms of funding that don't require work exchange or loans. Ugh. We're now moving into funding sources that will require some sort of payback. Work studies are common on college campuses. These programs are usually tied into your financial aid award. They allow you to work on campus with any flexible schedule. Pay? Minimum wage, usually, but you can't beat the flexible schedule provided by these programs. While it is a smaller source of funding, depending on your class schedule, it might be the only type of job you can take on. Assistantships are usually reserved for grad students. These programs are similar to work studies, except they are teaching positions. Often the student will teach lower level classes in areas they are very familiar with. 
Here's number eight, federal student loans. So we've come to one of the last options as a source for funding college. This is money that must be paid back. It will accrue interest and often some type of origination fee. For many students, though, it's difficult to avoid taking on loans, and we understand that. Federal loans have a fairly low interest rate, which often does not exceed the single digits. As reported by studentaid.ed.gov, loans first dispersed on or after 7-1 of 2020 and before 7-1 of 2021 have the following interest rates. Not bad. Direct subsidized undergrad loans, 2.75%. Direct unsubsidized undergrad, 2.75%. Direct unsubsidized graduate or professional is 4.30%. Direct plus, this is the parents and graduate or professional students, 5.30%. So in regards to loans for college, you aren't likely to find a better deal anywhere else than that. If you don't believe us, we have a link at thecollegeinvestor.com for the best student loan rates. Just check it out. If you need to get a student loan, we, have, we also have a step-by-step -step process on how to apply for one, too. Number nine, private student loans. So private loans are another, and this is the last option for a reason. Now, these may be loans from banks or other lenders that are non-government. They will have higher interest rates than government loans and will not provide the same advantages, such as hardship, forbearance, and fixed interest rates. Private loans should really be a last resort. And before borrowing, by the way, you should really do a full return on investment calculation of your college expenses to even see if college is worth it. We recommend students shop and compare private loan options before taking them out. Credible is an excellent source because you can compare about 10 different lenders in two minutes huh, and then see what you qualify for. Credible, there's a link, again, thecollegeinvestor.com. And I'll probably say it again a couple more times, so don't worry. You can also see the full list of private student loan options too. Um, here's some final thoughts real quick. Paying for college can be a challenge. Seriously. It's a big chunk, a change, and there are a lot of different ways to go about it. You know, I like to think about it as a pie. Each one of the steps that we just discussed is a slice of it, and then you can just try to make some bigger to minimize others. The bottom line here is this. You don't need to borrow the entire amount for school. There are tons of different ways to pay for college if you work hard at it. Thank you so much for stopping by today. Again, here's the website again. It's got links, all kinds of resources for you. We want to t eliminate as much stress as possible in a kind of a stressful situation when you're trying to pay for college. So here it is, thecollegeinvestor.com. Search for this article. Just type in pay for college in the search bar. You will find it. And thank you for finding us. You can help somebody else find us by sharing this podcast with one of your friends or maybe a family member to get the conversation started like your parents. How are we going to pay for this thing, mom, dad? Have an amazing rest of your day and we'll talk to you again very soon.